Hey, y'all. It's Syra, your favorite finance bestie. This week, we're talking about love, as in what happens when you try to combine finances with your partner. This week, we're deep diving into that awkward world of couples finance, but we're doing it with our friend Aditi, founder of the Ask Zeta app and an expert on all things couples finance. I cannot believe this episode is happening so late into our show because it's probably the most requested topic for us to discuss. So I'm not even trying to wait any longer. Let's go. Welcome to Girls Just Want to Have Fun, the weekly podcast that deconstructs the intimidating world of finance. Hosted by Syra Rahman, VP of Finance at HM Bradley, and her partner in crime, Megan McShane, a manager at a Fortune 100 company, and supported by Stockwitz. Girls Just Want to Have Funds will take on the important questions in personal finance that so many of us avoid, but also take on a glass of wine or two. Learn more, subscribe to the show, and join Syra and Megan on their no shame adventure to financial freedom at girlsjustwanna.com. Hey, Nina. Hey, Sai Sai. Are I you am ready in Denver. for. Oh, you are in Denver. Oh, my God. But it's so freaking weird because. I'm not wealthy enough to have my own studio, so you're, <laughs> you're on floor two, and I'm in floor basement. <laughs> you know, at least we got a cheers before we recorded, so that's kind of cool. And we get to hang out yeah. after. Something With the bad. fanciest of, are, like, are you proud of me for this rosé bottle? I feel like this rosé bottle is just glorious. It's like, I don't even know. It, it's got, like, a texture to it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It tastes okay, too. I'll take it. Yeah, it's I don't I don't even day. like rosé, but yeah, but this is a this is a decent rosé. So, I for this week, I've had a little bit of anxiety because I know that I need to share whatever comes out of this episode with my partner Nick, and I don't know I don't know what kind of conversations you had with Taylor, but I I could see the anxiety in Nick's face when I was like, "Oh, we're going to talk about couples finance this week." <laughs> you know, I also think you guys are at a different stage. You're engaged. Um you know, you're going to get married. It's, it's kind of time to start talking about merging finances, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't be doing it too. So yeah, well, yeah, go ahead. That, no. well, it gives me some anxiety as well. Maybe not as much. Well, I, I feel under like the wire, but, but like the initial anxiety for me is less so like now it's the easy part, right? Because we're already engaged. We know that we want to be married. Like this part's easy for me. These decisions are easy. The part that's tough for me is actually right before you move in with that person, right? Because then you're like, okay, we're going to start sharing some complex, potentially expenses like rent or a mortgage, which frankly, now you're tied to each other and court has to like undo it if shit goes awry. <laughs> True. There is that. I don't know. It is a little unnerving. I'm really curious how your friend is going to kind of break it down for us a little bit. Um, do you want to tell me like a little bit more about her? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Aditi is first and foremost, she has one of the most incredible backgrounds in that I've ever seen. She worked for GA. She has been a VP of product at Guild. And eventually she founded the company that, that I considered to be one of the coolest couples apps. So it's a couples budgeting app and it's called Ask Zeta. Uh, and she's been doing this now for a little over four years and she's the founder and CEO. And her wealth of knowledge stems from really personal experience in addition to the research, right? So she has been, she's been with her husband forever. 
they met in fifth grade and I, I'll let her tell that full story herself because it's actually a beautiful one, but she is, she's one of the most knowledgeable humans when it comes to just couples finance and like breaking down the awkward parts of it. Right. Like I, I always feel like it's worse than like crappy lingerie. It's like, it's like you are nude in weird lighting when you walk into a room and you have to talk about finance with your partner. Like I am. And the thing is, it's so easy for me to talk to you about my finances. Right. But when it comes to Nick, I'm like, can we change the lighting? Let's dim it a little bit. Let's both have a glass of wine. (laughs) And like, and then let's gently talk about this because I don't know. I, I constant constantly feel like I'm being judged for my financial situation. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a woman or if it's because I'm afraid of what his opinion is going to be of me in general, but it's such an uncomfortable conversation for me. It makes my skin crawl just thinking about having that conversation. Like, especially that initial, like those initial like few where he like figures out, how much I make and how much I spend. And like, you know, most importantly, what my skincare routine is. Mm, I, I'm curious what that is. Like you see that <laughs> afterwards, but I, I think what you're saying is so valid. Like the analogy of God, I like started to sweat a little bit when you said naked with, you know, bad lighting. <laughs> That's, but that doesn't it feel that way? Have you ever had that conversation with Taylor and you just like stop because it gets awkward? Yes, of course I have. Of course I have. There's a lot of things. I think communication breaks down so easily and especially with money. I don't think a lot of people even want to approach it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. didn't want to approach it until you started making me do this. And here we are. <laughs> I'm a savant. You are, well, you're becoming a savant and that, that is the goal, right? The goal is for you and all of our listeners to become not only more comfortable, but become savants in their own financial like base, right? Whatever they have themselves. And I don't know. I I think there's so many, many interesting different pieces that will come out of what Aditi is about to, to converse with us in. So should we take a quick break and dig into it? Yeah. I need some of that rosé you're holding. (laughs) I will come upstairs and bring it to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, Aditi, how are you? I'm doing amazing today. Thank you. Amazing. Um, Aditi, I'm excited to introduce you to my co-host, Megan McShane. Megan, please meet Aditi. Hello. Hello. How are we? Good. Hi. Super excited to talk today. Really excited to talk about couples finance. I think, um, you know, we talked a little bit before this that no one gets to hear because we're cool. And um, I think what what's really interesting is the dynamics of couples. Um, and even just us little three in this little case study we're doing here all have different situations, which I think is so fun. Um, I personally am in a long committed relationship and we live together, but don't do any finances together, which I think is something to dive into here. But I think first, I kind of want to start it with Adathi, like your story and your own words. And how did you find yourself within this couple's finance space? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to tell this story. And I'll be honest with you. 
I didn't know I was going to get into couples finances. I always say that I knew nothing about fintech when I started Zeta. Um, I was just an Indian kid who loved talking about money and and did it probably more than than my colleagues at work necessarily wanted. Um, but I was just constantly like, hey, here's the budget I'm working on. Here's the stock I'm thinking about buying. Here's the ways that I'm thinking about generating passive income. And it totally became a conversation that, you know, just started coming up more and more at work. And and my colleagues, when I was working in General Assembly, especially, brought, came up to me and were like, Aditi, you're always talking about money. Can you help us with ours? So I was surrounded by millennials, you know, who were earning an okay income living in New York City, and just trying to figure out how to navigate all those questions. So funnily enough, I actually started teaching personal finance to the GA employee base, uh, which quickly became like a class that I called, it was called Capital Gains. And I taught it at the for for GA students, and from there it became really obvious to me that there was something around couples. Uh, you know, my parents got divorced when I was very young. Money was certainly a hot topic in their relationship. I was teaching this class at GA, and my students would come up to me after the class and say, "Hey, Aditi, you totally convinced me to open a retirement account. Can you now call my partner and convince them to do the same thing?" And I was like, oh, interesting. And then the third thing that was happening was my husband and I had been dating for a very long time. And we'd moved into a first apartment together in Brooklyn, New York. And he was a PhD student at U Chicago, and he got a $25,000 stipend. And I was a tech worker who just made a lot more money. So the two of us were trying to figure out how to navigate money together. And, you know, I, I couldn't really find anyone to talk to about this. When I tried to bring it up with my friends, they were like, shut your mouth. I don't really want to talk about money with you. When I tried to ask my parents about it, they were like, wait, they had some very traditional views about it. And, you know, when I when I turned to Google, it was sort of the Oprah.coms, the Dave Ramsey's who really <laughs> talked about this stuff. And, it, and that still felt a little traditional. So I was like myself trying to navigate this space. So that's sort of my origin story. Aditi, I feel like there's a really cool, there's a, like a cool history between you and your husband as well, right? Like, so you guys met very young and you have you have built a long lasting, long standing relationship, right? So can you give us a little bit more background there? Yeah, for sure. I love this story because I think it's pretty cool. Um, so my husband and I actually met in fifth grade when we were international students at um, the international school there in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And he um, he likes to say that I was uh, he was my first boyfriend, but I was not his first girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm like, OK, babe, I'm not sure that we need to pick all this Come on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thanks a lot. Um, but yeah, we met in fifth grade and then we ended up, you know, we were sort of in part of this international crew that constantly moved around. My mom worked for the U.N. So. After three years of living in Addis, we ended up leaving. I think we we went to the Philippines. Um, and my husband also ended up leaving and he went to France. Um, but it just happened to be that we got back in touch senior year of high school, totally randomly. I was living in uh, Tanzania and he was living in New York. And I, you know, my mom had been after me. She was like, Aditi, what are you doing in terms of research for the schools? And I've, I have to be honest, Tanzania was like, the most incredible years of my life. And so I was like, had zero interest in really spending my extra time on college research. So I, Dummer and I are back in touch. And I'm like, Dummer, uh, what are you thinking about doing for, for university? And he's like, oh, I've gone through this very extensive process of visiting every campus across the US. And I've put it into a spreadsheet. And I was like, okay, can you just send that to me? So the two of us applied to every single school. <laughs> 
um, and funnily enough, ended up going to UNC Chapel Hill together. Love so, at postgraduate. Uh, yeah, or it was just like a totally random story. I mean, who would have thought that the world would have brought us back together in that way? And then when we came back together in college, it took us two years to warm ourselves up to each other. But after that, we started dating and, and that turned into marriage. I, like I'm so envious that that's just like it's amazing that's so rare to hear you know what I mean it's not it that's not the typical love story anymore and it just feels a little bit like a fairy tale and now you've built an app that helps couples figure out their finances which frankly is the most uncomfortable conversation uh, that I personally have with my partner because it's just one of those conversations where like for me now that we're engaged we have to determine all of the different things like do we combine our finances do we not like how do we budget together what happens when you have different incomes so um, I, I like I would love to hear some of the the key things that inspired you to create Ask Zeta and like and some of the things that you think are critical to the success of a couple's finances as well. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think one of the things, like I said, I was never planning to be in fintech, but this couple's theme kept coming back up. So at some point, um, I was actually living in Denver and my husband was living in San Francisco and I decided to move to SF because I was like, we should probably live in one city. That's probably like a healthy suggestion for our relationship. So I moved to San Francisco and I'm like, let me start just talking to other couples to understand what the pain point here really is. And one of the most interesting things that I learned was that couples were actually really struggling to navigate how to combine their finances. And I was like, why? Why is this such a big pain point? And I think one of the most interesting metrics that I love to talk about is that my parents' generation, 70% of the time, were single-income households, whereas our generation, 70% of the time, is a dual-income household. So there's been this massive shift in how money is earned and therefore how it's spent and shared in a relationship. So gone are the days of what I like to call single player mode, where one person is the breadwinner and they tend to make the prime, you know, the majority of decisions. And what's starting to happen is more of this dynamic that, in fact, a lot of financial decisions are made at a household level between two partners, not necessarily at a single person level. So that was sort of, you know, and, and now I can tell you this story, but I was feeling my way through it as I was originally building the product and really trying to understand where the pain point was. Um, the other thing we picked up was what was really fascinating was couples were trying were coming to us and saying, okay, should we put it all together? Should we keep it apart? Should we do something in between? Like what's what's the best advice here? And I And I spent a decent amount of time on this question because I was like, you know, is there proof that one way is better than the other. And and sort of where I've netted out on the flip side of all of this is that it's not about how you combine your finances. And we can talk more about what that looks like and you know what the different variations are. But really what matters and what predicts success in a relationship is whether or not you see it as a team sport. And I, I think that's a super cool way to think about money is like, the more that the two of you come together, you and your partner come together to figure out the right model for you, and irrespective of what model works for you, actually say, hey, this is something that the two of us are going to constantly discuss, constantly come back to the same page on. That's what really, really matters. So one of the things we always talk about at Zeta is, yes, we're providing a product and yes, it does a bunch of things for you. But the thing we're really trying to drive is communication in your relationship. So, you know, we encourage you to go on money dates, uh, which is sort of our version of date night all about money. And okay. it, it's really, 
yeah, it's it's really just meant to be either a weekly, a monthly, or even a quarterly check-in for the two of you to feel like you're on the same page. I was just about to say, like, communication is always key in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the work that Syra and I have been doing here when we're talking about finance is getting me to start communicating. Because mm -hmm. some background, like, on us is you know, we've been friends for almost a decade now, which is wild. And I have a lot more gray hair than when we met, but we old, <laughs> we, old. We, old. Um, we old, but you know, Sire has always been so comfortable in this space, which is such an amazing yeah. thing. And you are as well. And so I admire both of you so much, but for me, it was always taboo as a woman to talk mm -hmm. about it. And how dare mm -hmm. I talk about it with a partner? And so for sure. being able to break down that communication barrier, it's kind of hard to do. So I, I just love like um, the way that you're setting it up. That makes so much sense to me. And I actually have a question about that, Aditi. So the I want to pull apart a couple things that you said. So the first one is that you said it's a team sport. So yeah. when you say we need to go on money dates on a regular cadence, like what what is that conversation like? Like am I supposed to be turning to to Nick and saying, like, okay, here's my budget. Where's yours? Or because we haven't even figured that piece of it out, right? Like there's 10,000 budgeting apps out there. And and like, I'm like, you know, and there's a huge lift on the front end, right? Like where you have to plug in all of your information. And then there's also this like nakedness to it where you're walking into a room and your partner now knows like your retirement, your savings, like Nick, Nick knows, you know, my real estate failings now. Like, I mean, it is, it is, brutal you're walking into like i and i feel it's like worse than being naked almost because <laughs> you know for me for me my finances are something that i pride myself on so like i guess i'm curious how would you suggest that conversation starts like what is the first thing that you should be doing to prepare for that conversation yeah for sure i love it i think so the way i would think about it is your early money dates your sort of you know the 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 first time the two of you really start talking about money can sort of start two ways you can either start as hey we're thinking about moving in together or we are already living together and we're sort of tired of this venmo back and forth constantly and we want to start thinking about how do we you know how do we start to see this as shared expenses rather than you pay this and i pay that and so you can sometimes start at that micro level and even say hey does it make sense for the two of us to sit down and build a household budget that we both feel good about just to start to streamline our lives? And it doesn't have to be a budget that you stick to, frankly. It's it's more just meant to be like a framework exercise that says, oh, this is how each of us is going to contribute to the things that we're trying to do together. There's some folks who can totally do that and have that conversation. But some folks tell me like that feels scary. You know, because I don't even know where my partner's at. And maybe I want to even start some of this conversation before the two of us move in together. So the thing I love to t tell folks to do is I talk about it as a discovery process. And do you guys know the, that New York Times article, 36 Questions to Fall in Love? Yes. So the most popular New York Times article, I think, ever. Um, and we essentially built a version of that for money. We call it 20 Questions. And we, the reason we built it is we wanted to give couples uh, 20 questions that allowed you to go through a discovery process with your partner. And really what you do in those 20 questions is you talk about your past, your present, and your future together. And Aditi, can I ask you where, if our listeners want to find it, where can they find the 20 questions? Because I feel like that is, that is, it sounds like something I, first of all, need to do, but I'm sure other people are <laughs> curious if they need to do it too. 
Yeah, for sure. You can find it on our website, askzeta.com slash magazine, and you'll see it uh, right over there. But I would, you know, the thing I would really sort of emphasize is we had originally planned for you to spend 45 minutes going through those questions together. But we've heard couples who've told us that they they just like sat down with the questions on the couch and a glass of wine on a Friday night and had the most epic two, three hour conversations right. because it took them in directions that they didn't even know they were going to go on. Yes, I love hearing um, that. But, but the reason we even cover all of those things is I think one of my favorite questions in there is, tell me your first money memory. And it's, it's a, such a powerful question because typically what you remember has, you'll, when you're listening to your partner talk, you're like, wow, I can see how that memory even today manifests in a lot of your behavior. Can we oh pause my. and can, I sh- can we share our first money memory? Because mine, mine is making me laugh in my mind. And I feel like this is, this is going to be humorous for all the listeners too. So um, I made my first big paycheck um, and my girlfriend was like, we got to go shopping. Like we got to go out. We got to, we got to, you got to celebrate. You got to buy yourself something. And I went to Saks and I bought this YSL bag and I, mm-hmm. it was a huge purse and, but it didn't say YSL anywhere on it. Oh. So, and at the time my, uh, my now ex was like he was extremely tight on the budget and he didn't realize mm-hmm. that I had just made like a bunch of money and I took it and I put it in an express bag and I stuck it in like a box that was like plain. Like, I mean, I, I changed the entire exterior so he wouldn't know. And it took him a solid six months to figure out that I had spent a small fortune on this purse. And the look on his face, we were in an, we were in an ER, uh, like I was fine, but we were in an ER and he looked down at my bag and he like zoomed in on the zipper and he was like, Syrah. And that is my first money memory. My first money memory is hiding my first designer bag from my ex. I love that he could zoom in on the zipper and know what it was. That's true. Let's like spend a moment on that detail. Like, I don't know if I would. Shameful. Shameful. It was, well, it said YSL on it. Like, I mean, he, um, God, I'm, I'm not sure my husband would know what that is. I'll be honest. Yeah. He's God. My first money memory goes way back. I think before I, you know, my first uh, babysitting gig that I actually got paid in cash. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I might have been in eighth grade and wet seal was a thing. This is going to be embarrassing. Oh, yes. I remember wet seal. <laughs> and um, one of my girlfriends at the time was like, have you bought a thong? And I was like, no, ew. And she was like, we got to go to wet seal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I had cash burning a hole in my pocket and I went to wet seal and bought my first thong. And it was pink That's amazing. and it had a rhinestone M on it, which explains so much about me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that so much. Megan. Uh, um, Aditi, what's your first money memory? To- oh, my gosh. <laughs> my poor brother. He's going to love that I tell this story. But my first money memory is we were very young. My brother and I, my, my parents actually love to tell this story, but we were very young and my brother had gotten a bike. Um, and my brother's not the most coordinated human being in the world, but he'd gotten a bike and he was biking around our little neighborhood, right? Which was just essentially a big circle. And as he's biking around, he breaks his bike pedal. And my brother, uh, I, I just like, I, my dad's an architect. So I have a lot of like, I've just learned to do things with my hands, but my brother's never been as good at that. He's just, he's not mechanically inclined. Um, and so he came to me and he's like, shit, my, my bike broke, you know, can you fix it? And I was like, yep, 
two rupees. And I would basically fix his bike pedal in such a way that it would come off every so often. And he would have to just pay me either two rupees or two rounds. So I was like, you can either let me ride the bike or you can pay me money. You were and a genius, even as a child. It explains so much of who I am. Because my husband, you know, he, he one, one day in, in college, he wanted to buy a mattress. And I was like, oh, just buy mine. And he's like, oh, you want me to buy the mattress from you? And I was like, yeah, we're students. I paid for it. You you can buy it. Oh and then later he found out that I actually upcharged him. And he was oh, like, babe. I love that. And I was like, I was just giving you the market price of the, of the mattress. <laughs> So you were an early entrepreneur is what you're telling us. Basically. Okay. I, I think I was like planning for this. Yeah. You know, I was, I was just a enterprising human being. I love that so much. So so we can go to the Ask Data website and, and do these 20 money questions, which it sounds like is yeah. a great Kickstarter to what we need to do. What, yeah. what, uh, what on Ask Zeta helps empower users as couples outside of the 20 questions? Like what... What are the next steps that happen inside of the app, Aditi? Like what yeah, like what else for sure. what else helps us? Yeah. And you know, the way we think about Zeta is we always we called it Ask Zeta because we were like, we want to be the corner of the internet that combines Oprah and Nerd Wallet into one place, like the love child of Oprah and Nerd Wallet. And we wanted to be a place that couples could come to to ask any question that was not off the table, like anything people wanted to know about, whether it was prenups or fertility or any of that, to actually giving couples the tools to be successful in their relationship. I think the most interesting thing for me was when I started thinking about couples' finances and starting to talk to couples and learn where they were struggling, one of the common pain points we heard was, we don't even know how much we have together nor do we know how much we're spending together. So can y'all help us figure that out? So the first product we actually ever built was our our sort of what we called mint.com from couples, which was our money manager. And it's really meant the entire sort of use case of the money manager is it's meant to give couples an opportunity to link all of their accounts, both their personal accounts or, the, or their shared accounts, and start to disclose those accounts to each other. So you know, you can go and say, I have these five accounts, my partner can see them, they can only see balances, or they can only see, or they can see balances in transactions. So you have a lot of sort of permissioning that's allowed on each account. And fun fact, to this day, I do not look, I can't see my husband's specific transactions, and he can't see mine. And I, it, it is honestly the healthiest thing for our relationship. I feel that on such a deep level, because <laughs> I am terrified of Nick finding out how much my skincare routine costs. <laughs> but it works. It's But it, you know, because I've heard so many couples say to us, but I earn the money, I don't feel like I need to answer to someone yes. about, you know, why I'm spending money where and so one of the things that we really have learned through this process is that there's sort of three models in general mm -hmm. that couples use to combine their finances where they keep it all apart, they keep it all together, or they do this something in between version called yours, mine, and ours, where some of it is apart and some of it is together. In our relationship, in my own personal relationship, I knew I needed a certain amount of control that was my own, but I also wanted the two of us to do things together. So this yours, mine and ours model worked a lot more for me and my husband than say for someone else who feels like they don't want to hide anything from each other or not even hide, but like they don't want to keep anything from each other. So 
it was very obvious to us when we were building Zeta and when we were launching the money manager that dictating how you should combine your finances wasn't the right approach because there's so much history on, you know, if your parents got divorced or if somebody has some sort of gambling or addiction problem, there's all kinds of dynamics can, that can impact how a couple might want to merge their finances. So we said, we don't care how you do it. We'll support you irrespective. And that was really the whole goal of the the money manager product. We stood it up. It's grown to tens of thousands of couples at this point, primarily organically, which has totally blown our minds. Because you know, I, I'll be I'll be the first to tell you, like it's it's a complicated piece of technology. It's got a lot of bells and whistles. It's got nitty gritty nuances, but people love it because they're able to really use it as a starting place to start that financial disclosure process. I think you said it so well earlier, where you were like. Just telling your partner what you have is a scary prospect. And Zeta sort of helps you get that conversation started. And then once it's started, actually manage it together. What an amazing, um, like, I, I know you're growing it organically, but just hearing this and directly from you makes me want the product even more because <laughs> you're, you're humanizing something that's so not human. Um, yeah. Money to people is something that feels like, you know, in a hierarchy of things, I'm ahead of you. Therefore, I have mm -hmm. more and I'm better, right? Mm -hmm. Because they can, because a number's a number. But really, at the end of the day, when you're building a relationship, it's about openness and being human mm -hmm. and communicating. And yeah. so that advice in general is so righteous of saying, start with the foundation, figure out what works for you, customize it, and then go from there. I think that's just exactly. beautiful. Exactly. And we try to we try to give you those options up front. I think when I when I did that Google search those many years ago, when my husband and I first were first moving into that Williamsburg apartment, the two of us looked at each other and he's like, well, what are our options? And I was like, let me go find out. And I Googled and it was basically like, keep it all together. That was the sort of most recommended option. Like you have to put it all together. If you don't, you're basically screwing your relationship for life. You'll never see it as one thing. And I was like, man, that just doesn't feel right to me. But okay, they're telling us we need to start on this process. So let's try. Whereas what we've learned is most couples don't actually necessarily keep it all together. And in fact, annoyingly, to some extent, it's actually a split 30-30-30, where 30% sort of keep it all together, 30% keep it all apart, and 30% roughly are sort of doing this yours, mine, and ours approach. So we really wanted to normalize the fact that you have a choice that you don't have to force yourself into a model just because that's what your parents did. And we wanted to encourage couples to understand what those other options were. Because a lot of folks say to us like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. That would have been so much healthier for us. And honestly, that's like the thing that terrifies me the most about my budget. Like every single budgeting app that I have tested out outside of Ask Zeta, they're like, list all of your details here and then we'll combine it for you. And I, and I was like, why are you doing this without my permission? <laughs> Like I don't, and yeah, and that's the stressful thing to me. Like again, with my skincare routine, he does not need to know. Like, yeah. like you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Totally, <laughs> totally. And you know, I remember when when my husband and I first moved in together. He was a PhD student, so he wasn't making that much money. And when we decide, when we looked at our shared expenses, I was like, "Look, I'm earning so much more money. I'm going to pay for more stuff. I just think that's the right thing to do." Yeah. But he really pushed back on me, and he was like. I appreciate that, but I also want to make sure that I'm contributing because I don't want to, I don't ever want to feel like I'm free riding. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's totally fair. So we were having this conversation, but I remember he went to J. Crew. He went shopping at J. Crew one of those weekends and he went and bought like a $300 sweater. And I was so mad. I was like, wait, <laughs> he's buying that cashmere. What? 
yeah. And I'm like, babe, I'm, I'm paying extra rent, but you're going and dropping 300 bucks on J. Crew. Like, that's really hard for me to process, right. you know? And I, it, I'll be honest, like, I was really upset about it. Mm. Um, but I think one of the most incredible things about us is, like, we've learned how to navigate that and let go of the stuff that's our own. But also one part of it has been, like, we just don't have to share each of those details with each other. But it also, it feels like you guys have, you like what you've done is you've taken real life circumstances and you've integrated that into the way that Ask Zeta works. And that's something exactly. that I actually really love because frankly, I almost had a coronary when I saw how much Nick spends annually on video <laughs> games. Um, I honestly think I got an eye twitch for about a week when I recognized <laughs> oh that God. like, because the man has to have new, new everything in video game land. And then I realized how much I spend on things like lipstick. So mm-hmm. I, like I'm right there with him. I just I'm a hypocrite. And I just yeah, I, I get that on such a deep level there. For me personally, there are things that nobody needs to know about, including like Nick. So um, despite the fact that he's my best friend, I, I think there's a mm-hmm. I don't know. There's like a little bit of a curtain. He needs to have a little bit of a surprise, right? Like you don't always yeah. need to be naked in front of your and, partner. Yeah. And and you just don't feel like you have to always check in with them. You know, yeah. I think that was the, the the thing that we realized was we we have a really good relationship. We talk a lot about money very openly with each other, but it also felt like a lot of overhead to constantly be like, OK, I'm going to do this thing. Are you cool with that? Like we just didn't want to do that all the time. So both of us realized that the, and it, it's actually much more true in investing. I will invest very differently than my husband. And so he, he, you know, it was a really, really healthy opportunity for the two of us to separate some of our investments and be like, we can each take the level of risk that each of us wants to take. I think this is something that our parents can agree with, by the way. I think Mm -hmm. uh, our parents could say like, it's always good to leave a little to the imagination, even if it's with money. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. I love it. So I have this other thing that I want to ask you about, Aditi, and that's when it comes to investing. So this is actually it's the probably the biggest conversation that Nick and I have because I obviously I love to invest. I will uh, I, my risk tolerance is much higher than his is because I have been doing it for much longer. Like I'm for obvious reasons, I'm much more comfortable with it. And he is finally at a point in his life where he wants to start seeing what it's like. What is that conversation like? Like when you start with your husband, like how do you, or, or even in general, like how do you recommend users have that conversation? Cause I always tell, I always tell Nick, I'm like, here's an amazing thing that I'm going to go invest in. And he's like, mm, uh, mm. like when I say the word Bitcoin, <laughs> I think he gets the same eye twitch that I get when he's buying video games. Like what, how do you recommend that conversation starts? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually going to tell you all this story because I think it's important to highlight a lot of us in fintech. Sometimes it's it's we, we act like we know everything. We're like, oh, we're just so smart. About I do this know everything. Stuff. <laughs> but but I but I like to tell this story because um, I, I think it like shows you how many mistakes we've made, what sort of brought us here. But um, when I first started teaching personal finance at GA, uh, Dummer was still learning about personal finance. And he was like, hey, can I come to one of your classes? And I was like, yeah, please. That would be amazing. I was like, I was so excited. I'm like, oh, my God, he wants to talk about money. This is like amazing. <laughs> um, and he shows up and he was like, babe, I loved the class. Uh, and you totally convinced me to invest. And I was like, oh, cool. OK, um, quick question what money are you going to invest with? You know, you're barely, you've got, you got this stipend. We're living in New York City. Like you're barely keeping. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I got it covered. And I was like, okay, cool. I hope you learned a lot from the investments about diversification portfolio. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. No worries. A few weeks later, he's like, hey, 
So I got my stipend check for my next quarter. I put it into the market. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, the whole check? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but don't worry. I'll make money by the time I have to use it. And so, what? but you know, I, and, and I'll turn that money and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of double up. And I was like, okay, you sure? <laughs> Should we talk about this? He's like, no, 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 it's good for me. Uh, anyway, a year later, he's like, babe, I lost all that money. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What have I done? I've, like, given him terrible advice. I've, you know, made him lose all this money. But it was one of the, it was, and to be fair, it was like $6,000. So it was not a small amount of money by any means. Right. But it was still a really, really valuable lesson to both him and I, where, you know, I left him alone. And I was like, you go do your thing. I don't want you to feel like I'm telling you how to invest your money. But he also ended up sort of taking these massive risks because he suddenly felt empowered and realized that he he was doing things that he didn't really understand. And he was trying to sort of flip money, you know, uh, like a day trader, but he was maybe not ready for that that approach. So the thing I the thing I like to say is that, look, the most important thing is start small, figure out what the two of you want to work on together, like in terms of investment. So for for the two of us, Delmar and I, we really want to own a home together. That's really important to us. So that's sort of where we're investing our initial uh, sort of joint savings. But then over time, he. he one of the things that he's really excited about, he's he wants us to invest in uh, companies together. So angel invest together. And so that's something that we're sort of working towards and aspiring towards. But then there's separate things that I like to invest in that he's not necessarily ready for, like a dog sanctuary, which is my retirement plan, Love that. Um, that he's not necessarily, you know, he's like, that sounds fun, but not necessarily the thing I want to do. So I think figuring out what are the things you want to do together, and that can be an area where you negotiate and navigate and sort of come to a compromise, and then figuring out the things you want to do on your own. I just want to summarize what you just said and and make sure that I'm saying it correctly. So it sounds to me like outside of my own personal financial goals, which I have, you know, monthly, six month, annual, five year, and 10 year stretch goals. In addition to that, you're telling me that I should probably have financial goals with Nick as well that are that correlate to what my financial goals are and what our financial goals should be. So we should be planning that out together. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things Delmar always says to me is he's like, hey, I'm I'm investing in this stock or thinking about this. And f- by the way, he's come a long way and he's like way smarter now about his investments than I am, frankly. But the thing that he always asks me is he's like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Do you want to co-invest? And I actually encourage us not to invest in the same things because it allows for diversification in our household. Yeah, too, I love where- that. Yeah, because it's one of the things that that most couples don't think about is how do our portfolios actually compare to each other? And when we initially looked at our portfolios, Delmar and I's, they were almost the exact same because he was like, oh, I'm looking at what you're investing in and just writing, you know, making investments into that. But then it wasn't really diversifying us. Whereas now there's almost like only a 10% overlap between what the two of us do together. And then most of it we invest separately. And it's really allowed for both of us to say, okay, I'm taking a bet on, I'm just making this up, healthcare. Why don't you take a bet on, I don't know, fitness or what, you know, whatever else it may be. That, so we really try to sort of expand ourselves. And that's such a valid point that I've actually never considered because I was like, well, you should put at least 5% of your income in yeah. cryptocurrency. And yeah. and Nick just looked at me like I was crazy. But frankly, like if the crypto market tanks, I'm really yeah. screwing the pooch on some of our own like net wealth as, as a com- like a couple. So that's yeah. totally valid. I haven't even considered that, honestly. Uh, yeah. 
And frankly, in that situation, the thing I would tell you is maybe if you have a a higher risk appetite, you can push that 5% to say 10% and take more of the risk, whereas Nick can keep it at a 0% and sort of take a more conservative approach. Because I think one of the things that we try to do is we we try to make ourselves look like each other in a partnership on so many different levels, including finances. And, And the biggest lesson I've learned, and again, this is through a lot of trial and error, is recognizing that each of us brings financial strengths to a relationship, irrespective. There's always some strength that you're bringing, and you should lean into those strengths rather than trying to make both of you look exactly the same. Totally valid. And thank you so much for saying that because I honestly, it's like I have this ironclad fist about like my investing. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, Nick is much more risk averse than I am at this point in his life. So, and, and I, man, I'm feeling so many of these things so deeply. Megan, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. It's just like, it's making me more passionate about my view versus his view and like being able to combine it in a more wise manner. But yeah, my, my selfish question, which I can't go back in time now because my boyfriend and I have been living <laughs> together for almost a year. Mm-hmm. But like, what would be some of the advice you'd give a couple that was moving yeah. in together that wasn't married? Mm-hmm. Like when they looked yeah. at their finances, like what are like the top three things I should have done? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, my my favorite, favorite sort of piece of advice at that point is just to start going on those buddy dates because they start to build a cadence for the two of you because you're going to start sharing expenses and meaningful expenses, right? Your rent, groceries, even some of your entertainment that starts to add up on a monthly basis. And it's a big chunk of your overall spending. And what we actually see is that most couples, they sort of start sharing money. And then over time, the majority of their spending is shared. So sometimes as high as 80% to 100% is shared, right? And so you're you're going to move more and more into that world So if you end up together. And so my recommendation is start that conversation early and build the muscles early. And the money date is the easiest way to get that to happen. The other thing that I really recommend is, like I said, sit down and have a conversation about the household budget. You know, when Delmer and I first moved in together, we had a conversation about like who would pay for how much of the rent and so forth and the other expenses, but we we never really put guardrails. So, for example, what would happen is we would get our credit card bill at the we had a joint credit card, right? When we moved in together, we opened a joint account and we had a joint credit card. And we would get our credit card bill at the end of the month and then we would both be like, "Whoa, why is this bill so high?" And we never really stopped and said, wait, what are our like limitations amongst like, for example, is there a a certain amount of money that the two of us agree we won't spend on the joint credit card without checking in with each other? Um, Which is just a really nice, simple rule to have like, and and I actually love asking couples this question. And one of the things that always cracks me up is I've never heard the same number from both people. (laughs) One person would be like 20 bucks, another's like 500. And we're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Totally different. So one of the things I, I, I really encourage couples to think about is like coming up with a purchase limit or a spending limit and just saying, before I drop, say, $250 on something, I'll check in with you if it's going on our joint credit card. The other thing I, I love to sort of recommend is just to start to have a conversation about any kind of um, shared money that you think might impact each other. So in some instances, we've seen couples, you know, where one person might, a a lot of folks are are in relationships and in serious relationships when they already have established financial lives independently. And that can be debt or it can be assets. And so I really like to encourage couples to have that conversation up front. So 
when Delmer and I moved in together, we I had bought a car. It is the only depreciating asset I ever bought, and I'm still bitter about it, but <laughs> I bought it. And, you know, I, I said to him, like, hey, I'm totally game for the two of us to use this together, but I need to know that, you know, if we if we ever get into an accident or if something needs help with the car, we own that together. That's something that we'll navigate together. And so those are the types of things that I just love because it, it's it's the stuff that can cause surprise and then cause a lot of anxiety and resentment when something goes wrong. What amazing advice. I feel like that's such like umbrella advice for anyone in any life stage they're in with that's in a couple, you know, like open communication. Let's just sit down, have a glass of wine or water or whatever. <laughs> or chocolate molten lava cakes in our situation. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you send me one? Because that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, but that's amazing advice. And I wish I would have had that when I started, but yeah. that doesn't mean I can't do it now. It's never too late. Exactly right. It's it's really never. T- I really want to reiterate that point. It's truly never too late. And I think folks think, oh, we didn't talk about it. So now it's too like we can't bring it up. You, there's lots of ways to bring money up. Lots of ways. And start small. Don't don't make it a don't make it a thing. Don't be like, what's your credit score? Give me the salary. Give me the savings. Number. You know, it doesn't have to get that detail. But my mom did ask me a bunch of those questions at some point. And I was like, yeah. mom, what? <laughs> is, is asking for your credit score is about as invasive as it gets, isn't it? Like these in these days and times, like, <laughs> oh, man. I, oh, man. God, you got your credit report handy? Is that in your back pocket? Yeah. Do you carry that in your purse? Like on a first date? I'm sure well, that, that happens. Your credit karma. Show me the number. Yeah, show, show me the 700 plus yeah. or back off yeah. Yeah. yeah real jerry Maguire moment um <sighs> but okay this is such a wealth of knowledge like amazing information um is there one resource we know ask zeta if you have any other resources you might recommend for people um to go and really get more knowledgeable other than just like dear google it's me megan like i'm trying to figure out my finances <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, I think one of my favorite things, like the group, the community that I've learned a lot from are all of the financial influencers, Farnoosh Tarabi, who talks a lot about when she earns more. So she earned more than her partner in her relationship. And she talked about the dynamics that that produced in their relationship and how to navigate it. Um, And she's actually done a ton of research on that. Um, Elle at Couple Money talks about they actually have fully combined finances, but they live off of one income. And they completely invest and save the other. So it's a completely different approach, but a really fascinating one if you can pull it off. Um, and I think has really, really interesting sort of ways to tackle that. Um, Andy Hill at Marriage, Kids and Money. One of the things I love about what he does is he talks a lot about parenting and he has two young kids and he sort of walks through how he's teaching them about money in the early days um, and and sort of building the right habits for them. So he's he's another really great resource. And then there's just a lot of folks like Joe at Stack and Benjamin. Um, I could I could spend all day and I'll, I'm happy to send you all a list of these folks. But, you know, just just folks who can help you understand, like, how should we think about retirement together? How should even, you know, um, broke millennial. She talks about prenups. Her and I love to talk about that conversation because it's another really important topic in in love and money that that a lot of folks in our generation are trying to figure out how to navigate. Right on. Um, I, yeah, I would love that list, Aditi, so that we can put it on our website. Uh, I feel like you are just such a wealth of knowledge and, it, and I'm sure people are super curious about where you noodle all of your thoughts from. So if you don't mind shooting that over to me, everyone can find what Aditi's talking about at girlsjustwanna.com or on uh, one of our social medias, I'm sure. But um, beyond that, I just want to be 
super mindful of, of your time, but I, I want to also thank you. I feel like I have learned so much. I feel like Megan, I think, you know, while you're here in Denver, we should have the boys take a listen to everything that Aditi said <laughs> and, and then get their opinions on what we're going to do going forward. I, you know, I've had those initial conversations with Nick and we're at that, we're like sputtering. We're like starting, stopping, starting, stopping, because mm-hmm. I think he's super uncomfortable. And for what it's worth, like there is, there's a financial imbalance between the two of us. So, and mm-hmm. he's super uncomfortable because I'm also a financial expert and I openly talk about my finances with Megan. So, you know, it's a, there's all these swords in his face um, I always think of that meme where he's like backed into a wall and there's like 10,000 swords in his face because I think he's just so anxious about how people will perceive us as a couple in our finances. So I am so grateful that you were willing to spend the time with us today. Thank you so much for for helping guide me and answer some of my extremely awkward and uncomfortable questions that I'm terrified no, of asking. I love these questions. <laughs> I love these questions. And, and the last thing I will say, because I, I didn't bring this up, is We've actually just launched um, a new product at Zeta called the Zeta Joint Cards. And we're starting to see, you know, we've learned a lot in talking to these tens of thousands of couples about where they struggle with money. And I, I'm a big believer that tech can, can automate a lot of these jobs and take over the work off of the couple's plate because I, I want couples to thrive and reach their goals, but I want them to spend less time fretting about their money. So that's really what we're trying to do with our most recent product. And we're... Uh, one of the the things that I love to the reason I talk about this conversation so much is a lot of couples in the very young stages of their relationship, whether they're moving in together, they're getting engaged, or they're getting married, sort of the early days of their serious relationship, start thinking about the joint account. Mm-hmm. So, at some some shape, day, or time, we should talk more about the the do's and don'ts of a joint account because those are always fun. oh my gosh yeah we need to have an entire episode just on that because Indeed. we just opened our first joint account and I'm like he's yeah. literally for what it's worth being the VP of finance at a neobank I'm like Nick you need to be careful and he's like already pushed an NSF um, <laughs> accidentally he from his from his Wells Fargo account he was punting money and he punted oh, it from man. the wrong account like I can't even. I got a message from our banking ops associate and I am shaming him right now because he earned it. But I love But it. I got a message from her and, and she was like, I just wanted to let you know we're returning this because he NSF'd his Wells Fargo account. And I was like, Nico, literally all you have to do is manage your fine your own personal finances right now. Not even ours, just your own. Oh god. <laughs> so it's I, I really I, I do believe in the power of tech of being able to solve a lot of these problems. Yeah. Because it's it's just not fun to navigate oh, banking. It's such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I have so much to learn from this too, as I get closer into the other cycles of life that you ladies are in. So I appreciate you and admire you um, for you know coming on this platform and talking about it. I think this is so righteous, and I know a lot of people will feel exactly the same. So yeah. I'm so rad. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, Aditi. Um, yeah, let's let's close it up. Thanks, thanks, Meg. Thanks, Aditi. It was so nice to meet you. Nina, are you ready to? Uh, you ready to add it up, girl? Do I get to do add it up this time? Since I feel like that, like I know that that we're both going through similar mental phases. Yes, I think um, this episode is so great for you and i you asked so many good questions so i'm curious how you want to add it up so you add it up this week let's do it gosh so okay first and foremost i am i feel a little bit more comfortable for the first time in my life about couples finances because i continuously 
the awkward side of my life is what I avoid, right? Like the awkward conversations, the potential to, and I hate the word emasculation, but the potential to put in, like emasculate my partner or like make him feel uncomfortable about, about his finances because he hasn't done the same things that I've done and he hasn't lived the same financial journey as myself. And something that's always been a point of contention in every relationship for me is like, how do you have that initial few conversations about your financial situation? And something that Aditi said that I think is totally legit is that you don't have to share all of your financial information because I, frankly, there are some things that people don't need to know about your finances. And again, going back to my skincare routine, which has been this common thread throughout this entire conversation, like nobody needs to know my exact skincare routine costs because they're high. And, and like, and let's, let's layer on top of that. I loved that. She said, you, you only need to talk about like joint swipes over a certain threshold. And I think that that's something that I also really want to enforce in my relationship because I don't, I don't want to pass by him if I need to buy like you know, some BS thing from our like grocery list. Like I shouldn't have to talk to him about, you know, 20 or 50 or whatever the dollar amount is. I should just be able to swipe our card and like we can, if we need to talk about it, we can talk about it later. And then the last piece of it is like having that set of questions on the initial conversation when we finally start to combine our budget. Like I, to have the framework for that initial conversation, because thus far we're like, okay, like very disjointed, which app do we use? Oh, we'll use an app. Like maybe we'll have a glass of wine and try to talk about it, but we both beat around the bush and we don't actually look directly into the eye of the elephant in the room, right? Because we both know that it's this uncomfortable conversation. So having a guided conversation that is provided by someone else. So I can be like, let me offlay some of the stress here and bring in someone that's already put together a conversation and is an expert. And now I can have my glass of wine and be like, I don't need to direct this conversation. Somebody else can direct it for me. Like what a godsend plus one to everything you just said. But I also think, and it's such a thematic through finance side that I'm starting to see is that it really begins with the person. And it really begins with what, the hell works for you and figuring that out and being empowered enough to say, this is the way I want it to go. And then how you bring a, your partner into that, who, by the way, you've chosen to be your partner. So you must agree on some things. Yeah. So you must probably eventually agree on finance. Um, just such a great episode. So much to think about. Um, I really kind of sat back and was like, I have a lot of good conversations to be had for my own self yeah. and my own relationship, but I'm excited to have them. I don't feel intimidated anymore. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think like the, uh, the, the last little piece of it that, you know, I think is almost taboo is not only just that initial conversation, but the fact that you can have them on a regular cadence and it's not uncommon. Like people that are like, oh, I don't want the control of that. No, actually it's not. It's not that big of a deal and you should normalize having financial conversations because they're being had elsewhere. And the most important one is the conversation that you have about your household finances. So it needs to be a totally frequent cadence and something that you understand well, not only you, but your partner. Like I, when she said that, I was like, thank God, because I am so concerned (laughs) That it's like one and done for some people. And that's not for me because that's just not how I function. So, um, okay. Before we go, 
I think since I'm in Denver and both of our significant others are here, I say we go to Ask Zeta, we download those questions, and we record it together. Are you sure? (laughs) We don't have to post it, but I think it could be interesting. Oh, my gosh. We can talk about it next week. Okay. 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 I think that, no, first of all, A, we should record it just for the sake of recording it in case we need it. In case, in case we need it. But okay. uh, We have to get their permission. So, but yeah, no deal. Let's. Let's talk them into it tonight over dinner and mm-hmm. okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to have the awkward finance convo separately and then together. <laughs> <laughs> well, when in Rome, when, by Rome, I'm when in, in Denver. Denver. <laughs> All right. I love you, boo. I love you. See you I'll in five you minutes. Soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Head on over to girlsjustwanna.com where you can subscribe to the show, follow Megan and I on social, or even text us your important financial questions. And remember, there's no shame in asking anything. We'll see you next time on Girls Just Wanna Have Funds. Funds.